guys and welcome to the Limitless Landscapers podcast. I'm Paula and this is Andy. Now Andy is our in-house designer at my landscaping business Aura Landscapes and I've been having a lot of conversations with designers and landscapers over the last few weeks since I delivered the Bridging the Gap talk on a Facebook group recently and essentially it's come up with some interesting talking points so I thought it'd be a great podcast episode to chat to a designer and you know have a conversation about landscapers designers and everything in between. As the founder of the Landscaper Circle and the Limitless Landscapers podcast I am here to help you get more money time and freedom to make your life and business truly limitless through my experiences as the owner of a garden design and landscaping business and through tried and tested methods if you want help with the marketing managing and growing of your business then you are in the right place if you are a landscaper garden designer horticultural business or a supplier to the industry be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode now let's get back to the show so welcome Andy thanks for coming on board I know you love you love a podcast love doing a podcast (laughs) he loves a podcast and a video well I basically brought you on today to discuss I've had a lot of questions about how designers work with landscapers and I know mostly from a landscaping perspective how well it can work but also the pitfalls as well so from our perspective or landscapes we've always tried to work with designers but we really find the paperwork the most hardest to deal with if you're not working with you on a daily basis yeah yeah Um, whereas what I wanted to try and think um, get across to our listeners today is how it's been for you from a designer firstly let's go from where you started and being a designer yeah and- so basically i i've come from a career which is completely different to anything to do with horticulture i started off i was actually a manager of a leisure center and i was doing that for about 10 years i've got to the tail end of it and it kind of didn't really do anything left for me kind of learned everything i needed to learn did everything i wanted to do i've always had a bit of a passion for gardening so it's kind of always like a back of my head a dream let's kind of mix the two together Never thought it would happen because I didn't go to college to do any of that sort of thing. But I was given the opportunity to kind of do the job as an apprentice for a previous company. Worked with some fantastic designers, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity for me and it really opened the door for what I'm doing now. Since then, I, I moved on and I'm now with Aura Landscapes. Very down, I'll look back anywhere. They've been a fantastic team to work with all across the board. Fantastic landscapers. Uh, Paula is fantastic. Mike is brilliant. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, what's a lot more to love, really? Yeah. What do you think works? Because I have a lot of designers who are nervous about contacting and how to start the conversation with the landscaper, uh, of which I can help with. But from a designer perspective, working with a landscaper, what are the pitfalls? And obviously, how do you overcome them? Because I know for us as a landscape company, our designer was my husband, Mike, but we wanted to get into more larger projects which meant going from a hand-drawn design service to what Andy provides which is obviously all the sing all singing all dance in 3D as well as your basic CAD and you know we can still offer hand-drawn but Mike's decided to take a step back on that and let Andy run forward with the designs but what I'm trying to find out from you is what has been the challenges when you're working in-house with the landscape? So I think the main challenge is um, is trying to get your vision across to a your client and then trying to get that same vision across to the landscaper. With any client, it's, I mean, it's a work in progress. It's not just a case of you see them once, boom, there's your design, 
it's going to get built or it's not going to get built. Sometimes it takes you know, a good while, just a fine tweak, just the, the smaller details on the job. So then once you've got that cleared with the client, you then got to translate that to the landscaper as well. And there's probably that little mismatch between imagination and what can practically work as well. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, a bit of give and take. And then there's going to be that communication then going back from the landscaper then to the client again. So it's almost, you're like in a middleman kind of position. Yeah. And do you find that quite difficult? Because I know the landscaping team, having not had to work with someone external on on design before this is kind of their first experience of working with you from a purely design perspective because Mike is from a landscaping perspective but was able to do the design through from what he'd learned in his degree and you're coming from it at a completely different angle Yeah, yeah yeah I mean we've had issues on sometimes like the measurements or what we find is making it practical so making the amazing vision actually work practically from a landscape perspective yeah i think again um as a the designer point of view i'm looking at the, the big whole picture and i'm trying to sell the client this whole big spectacular garden and sometimes you know probably my fault as well sometimes the smaller details can get overlooked but when you're looking at the larger picture and again you don't want to get down too much on the, the final details that's more like a, a build issue when you're trying to sell this this huge extravagant garden to, to the client, that's what their main focus is. Yeah. And then when you work with the landscaper, it becomes a different issue. Yeah. And yeah. how do you bridge that gap? Or how have you felt you've bridged it? Because you've been working with us for what, nearly two years? About two years. Yeah. yeah. So how have you managed to try and bridge that gap? I know so, we're trying to work on it. Yeah, constantly. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I would, it's just about being honest and open. I would much rather... Uh, a landscaper come up to me directly so oh Andrew you've got a little bit of a problem up here and then that's that's my bag I can go back and I think okay well how can we overcome this problem and for me that'd be part of my job as well because I mean I've designed the whole project so if there is a, a problem then surely it, it's kind of benefit for me as well to go back to drawing board and just to kind of rethink that or if the landscaper has an idea it's about that kind of working together rather than to, working against each other yeah exactly it, at, the, at the end of the day we're all one team and our goal is to make this beautiful garden for this client. Yeah. Whether it be garden, patio, driveway. It's, it, I don't want it to be the design and then the landscapers. It's, you know, we're one big team trying to get this, this project together. And I think that works. Even if you, you're not an in-house designer for a particular landscape team, it's trying to create that kind of relationship and yeah, collaborative yeah. approach between both the landscaper and designer, regardless whether you're in-house or, or not. Yeah. And regardless if you've really worked together before or not, it's kind of having that open and honest conversation. And we've seen it in our business where the landscapers, well, the build team are essentially a little bit affronted by you coming in. Yeah. And it's overcoming that. And I think if you're new, if you're a new designer and you're looking to work with landscapers, it's kind of having a look at the landscapers that have worked with designers before because they'll be used to this. But then also being aware that if they haven't worked with designers before, but they're keen to, it's about building that relationship from the start, isn't it? Of how, you, how you're going to be. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the time as well, it's possibly a landscaper can be a little bit put on a back foot. If they, they see a designer come along to site and say, oh, you know, what they're doing here, they're checking off my work. And it's, yes. like, it's, it's not about that. It's, again, I've been through this whole process with the client and the design becomes my baby. So I want to see my baby grow up and to see... What you want I to had, see it built, yeah, don't you? Yeah, what I had in my head, I want to see it in, in real life because, you know, again, it's a lot of hard work that's been put in by me and, and the client. 
So then for uh, a builder to turn around and say they don't want me on site because they don't want me to check up on them, it's like, no, 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 not. But and again, also, I suppose a, a bag of donuts doesn't doesn't help either for the landscapers and a cup of coffee and things like this. But yeah, it's, it's not a case of um, the big bad designers coming on to site and to check what you're doing, make sure you're doing it right. Just want to see my baby grow up, you know. And I think that's an important point to get across to landscapers and build teams everywhere because sometimes you can feel like that and mm. I know my guys did initially they're getting better uh, the communication is working a lot better we have a whatsapp group between the design and the build team so that they, you can work together through any problems and yeah, also yeah. notify them that you're going on site yeah yeah because yeah. I think it is managing their expectations isn't it like yeah, if exactly, you just turn yeah. up they get a little bit funny if you say well today I'm going there to see the client because again let's just remember that designer is the glue between the build team so the landscapers and the client so whenever there's a change or an issue or something to get across the designer needs to be fully aware so that you can yeah, put yeah. that across to it, the client it, it sometimes it could be quite embarrassing as well if the landscaper had decided to make a change and not involved me and then when the client says to me what's happened i'm kind of like sat there completely dumb face because i don't know what's happened I'd yeah try to make it up on the spot but you know it's about that communication if there are any problems or any changes then yeah absolutely nothing's ever a problem it's just a part of the process i've yet to work on any project where it's gone absolutely 100 to plan because yeah and until you get a spade in the ground you just do not know what's going to happen no and things change all the time sometimes a client can change their mind and there's always going to be tweaks uh and it's, it's just gardens they're they're a living thing so they're always going to grow they're always going to change it's not a case of going to Ikea and putting it up uh, a wardrobe, you know? It's so, not a flat pack. No, it's not a flat pack, a not flat pack garden, which, you know, maybe we should do something <laughs> like that. Maybe we should look into this. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, yeah, ultimately, yeah, like I say, they're, they're living things, so there's always going to be movement, and it's just about having that flexibility and, and kind of a rolling with the changes of things when they when they occur yeah particularly also like planting i know a lot of garden designers have struggled to find the plants that they've originally specified but again yeah. that's it, it's got to be conversations and managing expectations so, yeah i mean what i say at the moment i want to say all my clients i say, well these are the kind of ideas i've got but do not hold anything to yeah do too not hold you to ramp no. yeah no because ultimately with the lead times of things at the moment i could sell a garden today it won't get built till September. Now that tree that I've specced for you today will no way be there in September. So again, it's just kind of like that communication, maybe a little bit nearer to the time, I can go to the nursery and say, right, they've got this tree, this tree, this tree. It can either be slightly more expensive, we can add that to your total bill, or it could, it could even be cheaper, you know? It's about kind of seeing what's available at the time. With the fact that Brexit and COVID has just knocked everybody out. My supplier, every time I phone him, he's having a heart attack because he's, <laughs> what do you want now, Andy? But um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some, you know, really good nurseries and things like this. And again, it's another thing that I work with the nurseries. So, so you're building that relationship up yeah, as well yeah, as yeah. building it's, it up exactly, with yeah, yeah. the so landscape. There's lots of moving parts between being a designer. It's not just a case of I'm sitting in my office, I'm going to get my Crayolas out, I'm going to colour in some grass. <laughs> there's a lot to it, you know, so... Yeah, I think it's quite important. And, and I think that's the key. I think to finish of our podcast and our conversation today, I think the key is managing expectations between both the designer and the landscaper, particularly how it's going to work with the build team on site when we finally start building. Because like you say, the lead times are crazy for landscapers to start work at the moment as well. And it's also managing the expectations between the client and yourself on the build yeah. for any changes, for any 
issues with supply. And then finally, it's really about opening communication channels throughout everywhere. So between the designer, the landscaper, between the client, having that open channel of communication, but also documenting it because that's a very key part that I always have to drill home is documenting any changes with the client, make sure it's signed off so you can get paid and also making sure that any changes is communicated to not only the designer but the build team and vice versa depending on who has instigated it at any one time it also helps with the actual build as well because like i say you look at it like six months start i can't remember what i had for breakfast yesterday let alone what patio choice that they've chosen in six months time so it's always a good kind of refresh your memory as well yeah to get your uh, paperwork done and dusted and yeah if you've got any questions on this episode please feel free to get in touch info at the landscapercircle.co.uk if you want some help if you're a designer i know a lot of you have asked me for some help in how to contact landscapers andy did it really well with us and we offered him a job which was great but i can give you some advice and tips and a new topic is actually going to drop called bridging the gap between design and build and that's coming out march april time so that will be available for any members and if you're not a member go join us be part of the circle be part of the community and i'm here to support you and guide you and help grow and develop your business so thanks andy for joining me today and i will see you on the next episode